Thanks, Speedy God. <clears throat> My brothers and sisters, the Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. On that day, Jesus went out of the house and sat down by the sea. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat down, and the whole crowd stood along the shore. And he spoke to them at length in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell on the path, and birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground where it had little soil. It sprang up at once because the soil was not deep, and when the sun rose, it scorched, and it withered for lack of roots. Some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it. But some seed fell on rich soil and produced fruit a hundred or sixty or thirty-fold. Whoever has ears ought to hear. The disciples approached him and said, Why do you speak to them in parables? He said to them in reply, because knowledge of the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven has been granted to you, but to them it has not been granted. To anyone who has, more will be given and he will grow rich. From anyone who has not, even what he has will be taken away. This is why I speak to them in parables, because they look but do not see and hear, but do not listen or understand. Isaiah's prophecy is fulfilled in them, which says, You shall indeed hear, but not understand. You shall indeed look, but never see. Gross is the heart of this people. They will hardly hear with their ears. They have closed their eyes, lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts they be converted and I heal them. But blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. Amen. I say to you, many prophets and righteous people longed to see what you see but did not see it. 
and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. Hear then the parable of the sower. The seed sown on the path is the one who hears the word of the kingdom without understanding it. And the evil one comes and steals away what was sown in his heart. The seed sown on rocky ground is the one who hears the word and receives it once with joy, but he has no root and lasts only for a time. When some tribulation or persecution comes because of the word, he immediately falls away. The seed sown among thorns is the one who hears the word, but then worldly anxiety and the lure of riches choke the word and it bears no fruit. But the seed sown on rich soil is the one who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and yields a hundred or sixty or thirtyfold. The Gospel of the Lord. One of the beautiful things about Jesus' parables is that he uses these everyday examples to try to make his teaching more relatable, more accessible to everybody. But I have to confess that this particular parable hit me somewhat differently this time than maybe in years past. Up until recently, my experience of seeds and plants and planting or gardening in general has been pretty minimal. At the Newman Catholic Center at Montclair State University, where I serve, our office manager and I might go to Home Depot or a local greenhouse, we'll get a pot with some plants already pre-grown and just ditch them at the end of the season. There's not a lot of thought or energy that's gone into them. They're simple and easy enough. They look nice and do well without a lot of attention. It wasn't until the last few years that our plants were continually being destroyed that I started paying a lot more attention to them. It started out with our mums in the fall of 2018 getting vandalized, which I assumed had to have been some nameless, faceless, delinquent college student who was walking in past of our center on their way to campus. I got so infuriated just seeing them destroyed that I was going to get a camera to put in the front of the house. Then a few months later, it was during Holy Week, and I was at the store and I saw a whole bunch of tulips. They were already grown and blooming and they looked really nice. And I'm like, oh, that might dress the place up nice for Easter. So I bought them and planted them. Day later, on Good Friday, no less, it came home that night from helping at a local parish and saw they were destroyed. It was like a, a, a buzzsaw had cut right through them. The whole row of tulips had been chopped into, into half. Now, knowing that no one was around and that the campus was, was empty, I found a new culprit, those freaking deer that are walking around our property all the time. So now I'm reaching out to some friends of mine who are hunters and saying, hey, are you busy some afternoon? Uh, They turned me down. I start going, all right, how do I deer proof my garden? What plants are deer resistant? How do you discourage them from eating your plants? I'm reading all these different suggestions and advice. I go out now to redo all of our landscaping in the coming weeks. So early May last year, I bought the right plants. I put them in these pots up on the stairs on our porch so they'd be a little bit out of reach for the deer. The lady at the store is able to get me to purchase coyote urine 
as a spray that's supposed to ward them off, which in hindsight, I really feel like an idiot for purchasing it. But at that time, I felt pretty confident. I was really proud of everything and was looking forward to seeing the fruits of my labor. A few days later, I'm leaving the center and I'm closing the front door and I caught him. This nasty groundhog is standing on his hind legs, helping himself to the third pot of plants, having already helped himself to the two other ones up there. And I just stood there frozen in shock for a moment, and the two of us locked eyes and we had to stare down. I realized that this is one of those moments when I just completely lost my mind. I started yelling at the groundhog, I've been blaming the deer and it's been you? As I went lunging towards him. What did I plan on doing if I caught him? I really hadn't thought that far ahead. Of course, he waddled away, jumped down a hole, which happened to be at the foot of this massive crucifix that we have in front, to which I continued to scream at him, Jesus isn't going to save your furry little butt, something along those lines. In any event, I spent way too much time Googling how to groundhog proof your garden. What can you do to discourage or make it difficult for them to finally saying, how do I take care of them? How, how do I get rid of them completely? The most humane way, which this nasty animal has our office manager to thank for showing him mercy, was done by this company called Fur Patrol, who for this ridiculous fee set traps for four days and then relocated them. I say them because they ended up catching three groundhogs as well as three skunks over a month ago. They also found all their little holes and filled them in with concrete to try to prevent their friends or relatives from returning. One benefit from this entire experience has been a, a better appreciation of the work that goes into gardening. I realize that even if you do end up buying a, a ready-made pot of plants, you still have to be attentive. How much water, how much sun, how much fertilizer they need. You have to be protective of them from groundhogs or other wildlife. You have to be mindful of the changes in the weather. I don't think I ever gave much thought to how you have to be vigilant when it comes to plants. Well, with this parable about the sower and the seeds, Jesus is challenging us, asking, do we recognize the same is true for the gift of faith that each of us has been given? What type of soil are we? Are we vigilant? Are we mindful? Are we protective of the Word of God that we receive? Because oftentimes when encountering this particular gospel passage, there's a temptation to look outward, to kind of assign different people to different categories that are being laid out here. So our minds think of so-and-so who, who used to come to Mass but doesn't anymore and think, Oh, those must be the ones that Jesus is talking about, that rocky ground that started out all excited and fell away. Or the relative who's completely disavowed their Catholic faith and now says they're a Buddhist or an agnostic. That must be the one that, that Jesus met, heard the word, but didn't understand it, that the evil one stole away. But a really good rule of thumb for us, <laughs> Jesus is not interested in feeding our egos to somehow feel that we're more righteous than anyone else. In fact, that would probably be the last thing he would want to do. As Catholic Christians, when we gather together for Mass, yes, we come together as a community, 
But in this gathering, each of us encounters Jesus personally and intimately. So there is an urgency as he's laying out all these scenarios of the seed and soil and saying, are we fertile ground or not? How vigilant, how attentive, how protective am I receiving the word of God in both the scripture and in receiving Jesus, the incarnation of the word of God, whose body and blood I receive in the Eucharist? Because it's very tempting to think, well, I'm here, so I'm good. Even for me as a priest, I can be foolish in thinking just by my ordination, my life of faith must be producing some sort of crop, if not a hundred or sixty or even thirty-fold, at least something. But if I'm honest with myself as I go line by line to Jesus speaking to my heart, there's work to be done. And all these scenarios can hit really close to home. Are there things in my life that, that need healing? Are there areas where I feel a lack of peace? Do I get stressed out and anxious about things? I'm sure I'm not the only one who struggles with some or all of these things. Well, I was just telling you about my obsession with wildlife in our yard that had me plotting to kill a groundhog. So yeah, I know I've got some issues. But the good news is that Jesus loves you and me. And he wants us to know that love and to experience that love in the here and now, in every moment of every day with whatever it is that we're facing. So as we go through each of these different scenarios that gospel, in, in the gospel that Jesus has laid out, we hear him asking us to probe ourselves on a lot deeper personal level. Do I guard my relationship with Jesus Christ from worldly anxieties? I don't know about you, but I know watching and reading the news of protests and riots and looting or getting drawn into divisive fights from everything from politics to how we're reopening things, none of that has made me feel more peaceful, more joyful, or more Christ-like. So the lesson is, yeah, we need to know about all the things that are going on in the world, but do I allow those things to reorient me where the things of this world become of greater importance. I've noticed just by cutting back how many hours of news that I digest and shifting to engage in other things, whether it's a spiritual reading, whether it's watching this Bible-based series that's free on the internet called The Chosen, which I highly recommend people watch that. Just go look it up on Google or whatever. Or even just in my car, rather than listening to the news or current event podcasts, just taking some time to, to pray the rosary or listening to something that's going to enliven my faith. All those are ways that I can guard my heart. Not letting the drumbeat of nonstop words of anger and negativity and fear to eclipse and distract or take priority over Christ in my life. Does the temptation to the lure of riches sometimes cause me to forget the blessings and favor of God? Sadly, yeah, I can see how that pops in my own life as well. I'll go online to order something on Amazon, and it comes up with a whole list of suggestions of things picked out specifically for me. It says right on there, for Jim's suggestions. And it all becomes enticing. Or email saying that they know something that I like that's all of a sudden it's on, now on sale. My mind starts thinking, it'd be foolish not to get this right now when it's on sale. 
All those things, though, promised me to make me more happy or more comfortable or more productive and somehow never live up to those expectations. Rather, they can cause me to forget all that I have been blessed with and the things and the gifts that are of most importance. So one way of just even dealing with that is even putting a, a time out on purchasing things, just saying, I'm not going to buy this right now. I'll wait a day or two and see if this is something I really need. And finally, am I willing to be hated by the world? Am I willing to suffer persecution or struggles for standing firm with the word of God as being what is true, what is right, and what is just? We see a lot of people right now very boldly and loudly protesting and saying different sayings that a crowd or a mob will demand that everybody agrees with. But do we dare to dig just a bit deeper and a bit more thoughtful and consider what is being asked, what is being said before we blindly go along? Or even push back and risk the wrath in saying what we know to be true and of greater importance, that our faith in Jesus Christ has made us beloved sons and daughters of God. That is our identity. It's not my gender, it's not my ethnicity, it's not my race, it's not my nationality or anything else that matters. And people fixating on all those things are using them to isolate and cause further division and tension among an already divided intense world. In Jesus Christ, the greatest truth is that all human beings are made in the image and likeness of God. That gives each of us a dignity and demands a reverence on all of our part. That's what matters the most. Jesus is calling each of us into deeper intimacy with him. We can sometimes discount how, how precious and important a gift this gift of faith is because it's so freely and generously and lavishly poured out on us, sometimes we can take it for granted and treat our faith like a, a maintenance-free, ready-grown plant rather than the seed that we're responsible to nurture. Jesus calls us blessed if we have eyes and ears that are open and attentive and receptive to being vigilant and mindful and protective of this precious gift of faith that he has offered us.